You're listening to a special podcast produced by UMFM 101.5 in partnership with the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Running Thursday, July 7th through Sunday, July 10th at picturesque Birds Hill Park, Winnipeg Folk Festival is a celebration of people and music that has been one of North America's premier outdoor music festivals for over 40 years. I'm Michael Elves, host of Thank God It's Free Range, and this episode spotlights the Blind Boys of Alabama. The legendary gospel group formed in 1939 and has seen its membership change over the years. The Blind Boys of Alabama will be performing at Big Blue Stem on Sunday, July 10th at 11 a.m. For the full lineup, a complete list of set times, to purchase tickets, and for more information on the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca. legendary gospel group the blind boys of alabama are coming to birds hill park to play the winnipeg folk festival and member ricky mckinney joins me on the line how are you doing ricky 
I'm doing great. What about you? Doing all right. It's a nice sunny day today, so uh, it's a good start to the day. Uh, hopefully, hopefully some good weather for the outdoor festival when you when you come. But, well, we're looking to have a good time, and I tell you what, we're going to try to bring the sunshine. Sure enough, yeah. Now, I mean, looking to have a good time, since you mentioned that, you guys have been performing together for, I mean, you've been part of the band since 1990. I mean, this is one of the longest active groups in history. Is it is it the joy? Is it the, the fun and the good times that kind of keeps you together? Because I know, obviously, bands come and go over, over the years and, and don't last this long. Well, you know, um, it's the joy. It's the people. Mostly it's the people when people can enjoy and get something out of what you're singing. That's what makes the difference because we are a traditional gospel group. So we just enjoy doing what we do. Mm-hmm. Now, you came to the group, as I said, in, in 1990. Uh, you were, you know, but, you, but your background in gospel goes back to your youth and, and a family group. It was just... That's correct. That's correct. My mother, she um, was a gospel singer, and her name was Sarah McKinney Shivers, and she sang the gospel, and I met Clarence Mountain in the Blind Wars when I was four years old. And um, my career started when I, was, I left going when I was 16 with a professional group, but I went on the road uh, when I was 20 with a group out of Texas. Right. Did, was it always like a foregone conclusion that you would end up performing the same way your mother had, or w- was there any kind of like fork in the road where you might not have? Well, you know, um, all young people, we have a tendency that uh, my thing was soul music. I liked 70s music and soul music, so I had a band for a long time called Ricky McKinney and the Brotherhood Band. We did some great things. And my brother and I, uh, Ron McKinney, we sang as a duet. And some people, you know, kind of looked at us with the Sam and Dave style. And so, but um, we were always in church. So mm-hmm. church made it happen. That, I mean, because obviously soul music drew on gospel tradition and, and just kind of like, you know, I don't I wouldn't say secularized it, but at least kind of incorporated some some other outside influences. Was there something about soul music at that time that just attracted you to it and then the pull of the church kind of pull you back or Well, you know, uh soul music and, and gospel music go hand in hand. One when, when when I was singing uh soul music I was singing about my baby. How much I love my baby and how much she loved me. And <laughs> when I started singing the gospel I was singing about God, how much I love the Lord, and, and I knew He loved me also. So it works hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Did you draw on any of your own experiences with your band when it came time to jo- join the Blind Boys of Alabama? Like, was there either like interpersonal experiences you'd had, or or musical experiences and creative experiences you'd had that that prepared you for this? No, well, I started out as a drummer for the Blind Boys of Alabama. I could always sing, but. I was a drummer for the Blind Boys of Alabama. Like I said before, I had come on the road when I was 20 years old, mm-hmm. a group out of Texas. And so um, I had played with Blind Boys many, many, many times, uh, doing shows where I was the house drummer, and I had to play with a lot of different groups, and the Blind Boys just happened to be one of them. And I loved Clarence, and I loved uh, George and Jimmy and all the boys. So um, it wasn't a big transition when I went to, to the uh, Blind Boys. But one thing, um, when I was 23, 1975, I lost my sight. And uh, I came home. I started my own group, the Ricky McKinney Singers, and we traveled and did some things along with my mother. And 
Clarence called me, and he wanted me to come out, and here I am today. Right. Now, losing your sight in, in your young adulthood, I mean, it's, some of the members, uh, it varies as to, like, people who were, you know, blind from birth and people who've lost their sight after being sighted. The experience of, of that, has that shaped you as a as a songwriter or a singer in a different way than maybe it would, you know, if for, for those who were sightless from birth? Is that, like... A, a different experience mentally or creatively to go through that process? Well, not really, because um, I've always sang from the heart. I've seen songs that I can feel, songs that I can relate to. And even when I'm singing, uh, if I'm singing uh R&B song or a uh, 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 blues song, yeah, I can't sing about something I don't know about. So when I'm singing the gospel, I sing about that I know about. So it all works together with me. Um, when I lost my sight in, in 1975, I was traveling with a gospel group. I stayed on the road for about um, five more years. Then I came home. I stayed there until 28. I came home and started my own group. Ricky became the singers with my mother. And um, But it it all worked together for me because uh, I had an aunt that told me, and she said, Ricky, you're not blind. You just can't see. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I lost my sight but I never lost my vision. So here I am today. Was having that support and that, and that kind of encouragement like uh, an imperative thing to continuing on and, and being successful as you are today? It did. I mean, you know, I've always believed in myself. I've always said believed in myself. I've always been a dreamer. And I said, if you can dream the dream, do the work, and keep the faith, everything's going to be fine. But... To hear people say encouraging things always help you when they come to the record table and tell you that they were having a bad day. Then when they come here to blind board, that they got better. Or I heard one man come and say he was committing, thinking about committing suicide. We made him change his mind. And somebody came to us one time and said, we're getting ready to have an operation. And they told the doctor, said, I had an operation, but I want you to play uh, the blind board, the Alabama uh, Spirit of Century uh, CD. While, while you operate, all that kind of stuff make it all worthwhile. Right. You mentioned being a dreamer. Does being a dreamer help in terms of creatively as a songwriter? It does. I mean, um, if you can, it, it's from the heart, it's from the soul. And um, being a dreamer, um, you you can experience things. You, you know that, um, that there's a lot going on in the world. You think about what's going on in the world. You think about what's going on in your own life. And, but the main thing is, even though you're a dreamer, you got to do the work. You got to do something. Life doesn't just change. You, uh, you got to do something. But once you do something, you got to keep the faith that everything is going to work out. You mentioned with everything going on in the world, obviously there there seems to have been a an increased sort of recognition of disability rights and awareness of uh, people who require some help in terms of working in in a world that's not uh, really kind or or helpful to those who are uh, dealing with disabilities. I know that you have a charity uh, involved with uh, vision loss, and I'm curious in terms of like advocacy work, what do do you feel that there's been some progress in terms of uh, accommodations for people with vision loss or, or sightless people, or is it still kind of an uphill battle uh, to 
especially in the performing world, is it is it something that you're seeing any improvements, or do you feel that there's still a lot to go? Well, you know, there's, there's always a long way to go. No matter what you're doing, no matter what the situation is, you can you can improve it, but there's always a long way to go. But there's a lot of things that have changed. I mean, I've seen they have braille on on doors, they have braille on the elevators, um, and and but you know, until you change the heart of man. You say it's a hard man, things are going to be the same. But they, I found out there's still some good people in the world. Thank God for that. Right. Uh, so you guys have been really busy with collaborations over the last, I would say, like decade or so at least. Uh, I know that obviously you did a tour and an album with Amadou and Miriam. Uh is is something you, that you you as a group seek out these collaborations or like do do the artists approach you for, for these kind of opportunities? How does how does that kind of suss out? Well, uh, we were blessed to have a good um, management company, Charles Dreeby and Blind Ambition, and not to forget about Chris Goldsmith. These people were influential in helping to making the blind boys who they are today. They reached out. You got to have a team of people. You gotta have a team of people and reach out and let other people know that you want you would like to tour with them, Tom Petty, um, David Staples, just so many others. Um, um Ben Harper, we did some things with him and, and uh we were out with um uh just you know, just other people, uh, Peter Gabriel we did a tour with him. But we just leave our door open. We leave our door open because one thing my mama told me, my mama she passed away in 2019, but my mama told me, she said, people need people, and working together works. So, I mean, obviously, someone like Mavis Staples, a, a giant in the in the gospel world, uh, makes a lot of sense for, for fellow giants in the gospel world to collaborate, but when it's some, something like Peter Gabriel, like, do you speak a similar language musically, or is there kind of a, a work to, to be done to kind of figure out what the two of you want to do together? Well, I mean, you know, Peter Gabriel. I mean, we did the the, the rise up rise up tour with him, and then we did a song called Sky Blue with him. We speak the same kind of language. Uh, he says things his way, we do it my way. But uh, he came in with the Real World Record Company, and we recorded uh, five albums on the Real World Record Company, and all the records. Uh, Four, four of the records that we recorded on Real World uh, were Grammy-winning records. We won five, five Grammys in all, but four of them were, were, were um, on Real World, and we're grateful for that. Thank God for Tom Petty and all the people that have stepped in um, and tried to help the blind boys to, to continue to be who they are and continue to do what, they, what they're doing. So, yeah, we got, a, we got a good connection. Right. So... Maybe uh, if you can elaborate on like what that connection is like, like do, is it just like hearing things the same way or like coming at things from the same kind of attitude? Like how do you how do you collaborate with an outsider like that? I, I have to imagine you need to kind of develop a language or a, a communication style that works. Yeah, I mean, you know, communication, uh, communication. We have a tendency to talk to people, and and you might not like with Audu and Miriam. We didn't understand their language, but they understood some of the things we were saying. They had an uh, interpreter, but the whole thing was that um, we 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 sang a song with them. Says two cultures 
but just one beat. And that, that's what made that. So rhythm is the foundation. And I mean, that must work for you as the, you know, drummer from, from way back. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm curious because there's, you know, been a, a re- reinvigoration of like soul music and, and gospel music in sort of the popular culture. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of like Daptone releasing things from like Naomi Shelton and the gospel Queens and then the Como now, like the Mississippi uh, record stuff. Is Do you feel that there's gospel's in a good place right now? I think the gospel's in a, in a, in a, in a good place. Um, everything has its own time. I mean, we, we came out in a time that um, gospel and, and, and blues was being um, quartets. A lot of quartets are not getting the... the airplay uh, on the radio they should get because of the time but you but not only that but you you have to have people working and working with you and working to make it happen but um as a, as a whole gospel means you're doing okay are there are there acts right now that like resonate with you or with the the rest of the members of the group like that you feel are either carrying on the tradition or maybe doing something a little different with that tradition? Well, I mean, you know, um, there are a lot of young, young gospel groups out there that are, that are singing. Um, and and I guess everybody is kind of carrying on the tradition in one way or another. I don't, I don't have, <clears throat> I like what I like. Um, I don't have one group in particular that I like any more than do others. Um, they say I'm stuck in the past, <laughs> yeah. but I like what I like. I, I, you know, um, traditional gospel. When the time, in the time I came up, it was a, a whole different class of people singing quartet music. Then we we dressed different. We and, and we carried ourselves differently than a lot of the quartets today. Do a lot of quartets today. You want to dress like hip hop uh, because of uh, people like Kurt Franklin. And, but you got to stick to who you are. If you, if you are a quartet group, you're supposed to look like a quartet group. Uh, it's okay to sing hip hop. It's okay to sing whatever. It's okay to dress the way they dress, but stick to who you are. When you see the blind boys walk on the stage, make no mistake, friend. You're going to see a traditional gospel group. Right. Now, does what you listen to seep into what you create? Like, do you find that specific uh, songwriters or performance styles that you gravitate to as a listener make their way into the the music that you help make? Uh, well, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of songwriters come to us who sing a lot of songs on records. Uh, if 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 the lyrics are saying something, that's what makes the difference. If the lyrics. Are cool and it music sounds good we can make it work so it comes down to the lyrics for you that's yes mm-hmm. so like message wise or lyric construction wise are you are you thinking like in story or like a specific kind of line that you want to kind of build around like how do you build out a song when, you, when you're starting with the lyrics well I mean the song has to have a hook to it you know, and the hook could be, come on, Jesus, and help me. Or the hook could be, back, that was what it would be back in the day. And, and then, but 
today to who might be uh, oh happy day. They can be the hook of the song and then the word the verses around the hook. Like the Edwin Hawkins singers. Exactly. Song. Yeah. Love that song. Which is getting kind of a, a rebirth after the Summer of Soul uh, documentary came out because, of course, the, it features a performance of of that, which is a really, I mean, fantastic piece of audio that went unheard for a long time. Uh, before I let you go, I want to get you to pick a track from your discography that we can play for listeners. If there's a song in particular you want us to, to feature for, for listeners, is there is there a signature song or or you know uh, well, a Ricky McKinney you know, favorite? Uh, well, our signature song, our signature song has been played over and over again, but it's still you know, our signature song today is um, "Amazing Grace." That's the signature song for the platform of Alabama. I always do either "Good Way from That's a good song that we do. We do those two songs every night, so. Um, mentioned playing those songs every night uh, it, it does beg the question in terms of building out a set when you have a huge body of work the expectations from an audience around like what songs you you play obviously there's a couple that you need to like, basically everyone wants to, to he- hear but do you have some latitude in terms of like night to night figuring out oh we we haven't dug, done this one in a while let's go back to it that kind of thing yeah you know we, we, right now we are in the middle of our concert we're Elaborating on some of the songs that we did, like in different movies, like when uh, Tyler Perry did "When They Go to Jail," um, they, they they sang one of our songs um, in that in that movie. Um, um, Nobody's fault of mine. And then we we sing um, from the, the album down in the album. Um, what is it? The, the album about. Oh, Ricky, thanks very much for taking some time out of your day to talk and uh, looking forward to having you here at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. I think I want to tell everybody, everybody, you tell somebody, to tell somebody else that Ricky McKinney and all the blind boys stop by just to let you know, don't miss it when the boys are back in town. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. 
I'm Michael Alves, and you've been listening to a special podcast spotlighting the Blind Boys of Alabama. We're performing on Sunday, July 10th at 11 a.m. at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. To hear more featured artists, visit umfm.com. And be sure to visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca to get tickets to this great event running July 7th through 10th at Birds Hill Park. 